Hello, welcome to Postcolonial Space. I'm Masood Raja, and in this brief video, I have combined two previously published videos one on nativism and the other on going native. And one reason for doing so is because sometimes people do confuse these two terms, and I've had a couple of queries about that. So I thought if I juxtapose them one after the other or right next to each other in one video, then you can watch them comparatively and absolutely be clear that these are two distinct terms, both used in postcolonial theory, but they have distinct meanings and usages. I have not edited the videos too much, so you can also watch them as individual standalone videos, but if you are uh, interested in watching them comparatively, then you can watch them in this combined video. That's all. Thank you so much, and if you have any queries or questions, feel free to send them my way. Please also note that we now have channel memberships available. Just click on the Join button below and see uh, what comes up. I would be happy to have your support for the channel. Thank you so much, and let's watch the two videos, one after the other. Hello. Today I'll briefly talk about another important post-colonial concept, nativism. Okay, nativism generally have different meanings depending on what field you are thinking about. So, for example, in philosophy, nativism is when we attribute any innate qualities to an individual or a group where we believe that certain fixed innate qualities exist in people or group. Within the post-colonial theory, the idea of nativism was always mobilized as a strategic move. The idea was to posit that in terms of colonial exchange between the colonized and the colonizer, the colonized could go back into their own past recover their own native cultures, and then jettison all the Western influences from them, hence retrieving a pure pre-colonial native culture. Now, that is pretty debatable because there are there is a group of scholars like Gayatri Spivak uh, and Homi Baba who argue somewhat that such kind of retrieval is impossible, even though Spivak also agrees and acknowledges that in most post-colonial nationalist movements, a natural and essentialist idea of the native culture and native history was mobilized to fight against the colonizers. And that is what she calls strategic essentialism. For Baba, uh, such retrieval is impossible because it is impossible to go back in history and then find whatever we find in historical texts and bring them to present without that present still being contaminated or impacted by the hybrid culture that develops in the colonies. By and large, the term nativism or being a nativist is considered a negative term in post-colonial theories. So when you're writing something, anytime you make certain essential claims, about the native cultures, about the indigenous cultures, 
you have to be careful in not coming across as a cultural nativist or an essentialist. So it's always good to point out that if you're making a nativist argument, that it is a discursive argument and that you understand that you do not believe in fixed essences, historical, individual or collective. So being a nativist then means when one relies or believes that somehow we can now go back in history and retrieve a pure culture and then shape our lives according to it, according to it. or when we believe that those native qualities are fixed in us. And if we can retrieve them, we can supplant the European influences. And here is one more reason why we ought not to think in nativist terms is because it is essentialist. It believes in fixed essences. And the entire edifice of the colonial structure was built on fixed essences because that is what the colonizers believed or discursively tried to prove that the natives had certain fixed qualities, fixed essences, and those were mostly negative. <clears throat> now, there are some contemporary usages also of the term nativist, especially in the metropolitan cultures and in America, Canada, or, or the European Union, wherever being nativist now means that you are a person who believes that there are rights of native born citizens of these countries and that the rights, privileges and entry of the immigrants should be curtailed. So um, the contemporary uses then is if you're being a nativist, you're being a sh nationalist and you're anti-immigration. And the term is highly contested by the right as well because they call themselves the patriots instead of nativist. But most of the times when we say that someone, an individual or a group is being nativist in America, Canada or Britain, what we mean is that these people believe in an anti-immigration philosophy and policy and want laws that would either curb or stop immigration. And the extreme form of it, of course, gives rise to a certain kind of nativist xenophobic nationalism. So to conclude, within the post-colonial politics and discourse, nativism was a strategy which relied on assuming that there were integral native cultures that were destroyed by Europeans and the retrieval of those was necessary to mobilize a nationalist movement. Most nationalist movements do that. Some go and retrieve a pure idea of religion or culture. But we all know that that retrieval, if not impossible, is extremely hard. So any time when you make a claim to the native culture and you want to use it to supplant the contemporary culture, what has to be kept in mind is that that retrieval is textual and discursive and that in our argument, we should not come across as if we believe in essential fixed past native cultures or identities, and that is what we are retrieving because that would necessarily then um, correspond with the stereotypes that the Europeans had already created about the natives. So that's briefly uh, my take on uh, nativism. If I left something out, and if you would like me to add or expound on something more, please feel free to 
put it in the comments and please also do subscribe to the channel if you like and would like to be notified what i record next so as usual thank you so much for joining me and i will see you next time hello welcome to post-colonial space today i'll briefly be talking about another post-colonial term going native which was often used and still used um, within the European vocabularies as a pejorative term. Literally, going native meant whenever a European, let's say, living in the colonies, adopted the ways and culture and habits of the colonized natives. So people would say he's gone native, or and the act of doing it was considered going native. And the best example of it probably is Kurtz from uh, Conrad's Heart of Darkness. Uh, he doesn't just become part of the local culture, but adopts the most excessive qualities of a tyrannical leader with the power to dispense punishments and all within the colonial space. And that's an extreme example of someone going native. But normally, the term was used to refer to any European settlers or European officials living in the colonies and then absorbing or adopting some cultural, linguistic or other traits of the colonizers. And that act or that practice was designated as going native. And the reason it was considered a bad thing or a negative thing was because in the colonial imagination, there was a distinct separation between the superior so-called European culture and the inferior native culture and native beings. And so, and, and so the colonial space was represented often even in poetry and writing as this contaminating space, a space that if you weren't careful would either corrupt you or rob you of your superior European values. So anytime a settler European or a European on a tour of duty within the colonies left the demarcated cultural and geographical space of his own superior so-called culture and ventured into the native culture and adopted its habits, that act was considered a bad act and was considered going native. Now, I mean, look at the geography of colonialism itself, and you can see that in most British colonies, the colonizers or the officers who ran the colonial enterprise lived separately. They would have their own townships, highly planned, highly with highly controlled exit and entrances. And then there was, in that purely Fanonian explanation, the cuspa where the natives lived, right? Most of the times, the officers usually traveled there only when absolutely necessary, right? Because the natives were supposed to come and come to the courts, come and request uh, an attendance at the deputy commissioner's office and others. But if the colonial officers themselves became part of the community and started living in with them, started dressing like them, started eating their food, performing their rituals, then that act was seen as a contaminating act that was seen as they losing their Europeanness and hence 
the term going native was used. There are, however, some exceptions. I mean, if you are aware of the famous Anglican Orientalist debate uh, within the Indian context, there were quite a few Orientalists, Oriental scholars who actually respected and loved the cultures that they had studied. They still, still saw it from their own European perspective, but they did adopt the ways of life and they didn't consider it as a contaminating thing. They considered it as becoming wiser and learning the ways of the East. They were still playing with the old stereotypes of the mysterious East or the East that can give them wisdom, but at least their relationship with the colonial spaces and the colonial culture was not necessarily seen by them as a negative act. A great example of that would be Ralph Russell from recent contemporary scholars, a great scholar of Ghalib, right, and um, knew his Urdu, wrote quite a few books on Ghalib. And when in, in his home in England, you know, he called it a sarai, right, which is like uh, an inn because he had adopted the culture so much and then made his own home as a sort of a replica of what could have been Ghalib's own home, maybe. So there are these exceptions, but overall, going native always implies that a European somehow, because of the landscape that he is in, has lost sense of himself and hence his self has been imprinted by the contaminating impact of the space that he is in. At least that's the argument in Heart of Darkness by some scholars, that it's not a novel about Africans. It's a novel about the disintegration of the European self, right? What happens to it when it's in a place which has no law and has a foreign culture? And there is a great refutation of that, of course, by Chenua Achebe. But overall, going native, was considered to be a negative thing. And it involved on the part of the Europeans adopting any native custom, customs, mode of dress, food, music, and adopting them in, in a, an effort to either behave like the natives or look like the natives. And it was considered a bad thing by the colonial powers. And that is what it meant when they would blame someone or say something about someone who had gone native. That's all I have to say today. And uh, if you have any questions, please post them in the comments. And thank you so much for joining me every now and then. And I will see you next time. Thank you.